Hello. Hi. How are you? Not well. <laughs> Why is that? Ugh. We recorded this whole part. Yeah. And it didn't work. No. Nope. It didn't go. Nope. Which is, I mean, out of nearly, nearing 200 episodes we've recorded, it's only happened one other time. Yeah. But it was pretty annoying. It just like, we'll, we'll hit that we're done recording and then it like has to process mm -hmm. and then it just gets stuck in that processing phase <laughs> and it's a hundred percent probably my laptop because it's ancient <laughs> uh i bought it i bought i think this is a surface pro 2 mm -hmm. maybe um i purchased it whenever i was in college oh which was All those years ago a very long time ago 23 years ago <laughs> It was like a decade ago at least <laughs> so anyway um yeah that's been fun and other than that how are you i'm fine yeah i don't feel great still yeah. sleepy i'm tired my head hurts like i just feel hung over which is weird mm -hmm. it's that damn shot yeah that's a bummer to like feel hung over with no fun night yeah for... <laughs> no reward just the pain that sucks i didn't get much sleep because i kept waking up because mm -hmm. i thought i was going to go to the gym this morning so i was trying to find my clothes mm. then i ended up falling asleep at 3 a.m mm -hmm. so when 8 a.m came around i was like you know what no <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> going to sleep yeah i got signed off to like resume physical activity uh -huh. but i still have to take it easy because i had a c-section and it like didn't isn't healed all the way uh -huh. and so i've done yoga once oh. in the last week it's something though yeah because i just don't have time yeah like <laughs> yoga and breastfeeding at the same time <laughs> yoga feeding it's just it's impossible i feel like i have no time for anything Aww. it's so miserable i'm sorry that's okay um Anyway, by the time this episode comes out, it will be uh, the Friday before I go back to work. Yay. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm really not looking forward to it. But also, I think I will feel better to, like, get out of the house and have a normal routine that isn't feeding a baby every three hours. Yeah. Because <laughs> right now it's just miserable. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel bad for Michael because even whenever he started going back to work, he works from home. So he's st he's still on baby duty all the time. Yeah. I think he's on call. Yeah. I think once I go back to work, the idea was that we were just going to leave him like the baby here with him because mm -hmm. he works from home. But it's it's a lot more hands on than we were thinking it was going to be. Uh -huh. So I think we're going to be utilizing my parents as babysitters. <laughs> Uh, smart sooner than we anticipated but i don't know we'll see what happens we'll see yeah. how difficult it is for him right now i can't imagine it but also i'm pumping and he's not yeah so like that's four hours a day that he doesn't isn't involved with <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um what are you what do you think you'll be doing in november I don't know. November's kind of a weird month because it's like between the the two big holidays. Mm -hmm. Well, not you know 
there's Thanksgiving. But <laughs> don't really care about that. I like Thanksgiving just because I like to eat and I like Black Friday. I think Thanksgiving's fine. It's just kind of boring because it's a lot of waiting. It's just sitting around. Yeah. Because I don't like have big family get-togethers. It's just my family here. Uh-huh. So Which really... you see all the time yeah. constantly. So yeah. it's just like sitting there waiting for dinner pretty much. Mm-hmm. I don't watch football. Never awake for the parade. I've never even watched the parade. Yeah. And I don't watch football either. Yeah, football sucks. Yeah. What time do you guys normally eat? Pretty early. Yeah. Usually like three. Yeah. Isn't that weird? So weird. <laughs> like you don't have lunch. You yeah. snack all day on like stuff you're preparing. Mm-hmm. And then you have a humongous gluttonous meal. Yeah. At three. <laughs> and then you have like turkey sweats and have like a nap on the floor yeah and then you wake up at like five and then you eat a little bit more and then you go shopping yeah i don't go shopping yeah most of it's online now anyway and like if you go shopping on thanksgiving or even on black friday everything's already purchased because they start like two weeks in advance yeah like every year it starts earlier and earlier I don't know. It's really annoying. Yeah. So those of us who wait until, <laughs> I mean, I think I'm shopping early by going on actual Thanksgiving day and everything's already gone. Unbelievable. People be shopping. People do be shopping. <laughs> Amazon Prime Day is coming up oh, as yeah. we're recording this. Pretty much, I'm get. pretty much everything I've purchased in the last like six months has been baby related oh you know my algorithm (laughs) thinks that i had a baby recently oh it thought i was pregnant Uh uh-huh now it thinks i have a baby oh it's kind of cute yeah it fixed your previous one about watching moms with disabled oh yeah (laughs) now it's like your baby's not disabled (laughs) by the shirt yeah but then i see stuff that i want to get for charlotte and i'm like i can't i can't buy i don't know what you're into i'm not gonna buy her like a bedazzled baby onesie (laughs) even though i really want to oh my gosh right now i'm getting a lot of targeted ads for breastfeeding obviously like upping your milk supply Mm -hmm. which are all bullshit and then um targeted ads for like activity play kits for infants Aww. that are supposed to help them with their like brain growth and uh, stuff how cute. <laughs> they're so expensive there's really? this one it's called love every and their play kits are like hundreds of dollars really yeah it's like a subscription babies are so expensive they're so expensive and i look at the kit and it's like I could buy all this stuff separately and it wouldn't cost a hundred dollars. <laughs> like it's it's crap that yeah. they do that. I just recently bought her it's called an otteru, and there's mm-hmm. uh some people don't like it because it's unsafe, supposedly, but there's actually uh, whatever. Anyway, it's like a floaty mm-hmm. that goes around their neck. I love that. And it's not like you're just leaving them in the tub with a floaty around their neck and then you like you walk away. Uh-huh. Like you're constantly with them. Yeah. And so we tried it out yesterday and it, she really liked it actually. Aww. Yeah. She's a mermaid. She, she went swimming. Oh. <laughs> it's supposed swim to in, mom. <laughs> it's supposed to help them because like whenever they're on, you know, 
land right <laughs> there's gravity and everything and they're mostly on their back they do tummy time mm -hmm. she hates tummy time by the way it's terrible that's what i call it when my rabbit is out of his enclosure Aww, i call it tummy time i don't so know why cute. anyway sorry <laughs> but they it, even if they're on tummy time they're like on their tummy and like they can lift their back legs and their arms and stuff uh -huh. but like they're not going anywhere they're yeah. not they're not getting any satisfaction especially because she's only six weeks old uh -huh. so she's she's not grabbing stuff yet um she's she, just kind of there she's just kind of there being miserable <laughs> but in the bathtub she was able to like I would put my feet on, or sorry, my hand on her feet, and mm -hmm. she'd kick off my feet and actually Aww. be able to move. And so she's getting some, like, satisfaction from her movements. Yeah. And so there's, like, different activities you can do based on, like, what their, what stage they are in their process. But you can do this floaty thing. They have different sizes for different ages. Um, but you can do it up until they're, like... I don't know, learning to crawl, and it's supposed to help them learn to crawl. Oh, yeah. Babies. So it's been fun so far. We just did it once. How cute. All right. Well, did I already introduce us? I don't think so. Happy Fearsome Fridays. We're on Holy Gossip Girls. I'm Casey. Hello, I'm Faye. What are you drinking? Nothing. I'm drinking water. Ooh. Because it's... Well, now it's noon. <laughs> it was 11 it whenever was. we started this. <laughs> I hope this saves. It's better. Or I'm if, walking out. If this isn't saved, this episode is cursed and we're not recording it. Yeah. Okay. Clown ghosts. <laughs> the Damn. spoiler. Damn clowns. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to tell you about the Big Top Circus. Okay. Just pretend you haven't heard this. I'll pretend I'm... <laughs> intrigued and excited and not crying inside <laughs> all right in the mid-20th century america a typical circus traveled from town to town by train performing under a huge canvas tent commonly called a big top the ringling brothers and barnum and bailey circus were no exception what made it stand out was that it was the largest circus in the country Ooh. The big top could seat 9,000 spectators around its three rings and measured 200 feet wide by 450 feet long. It had a 15 foot high sidewall or side walls and its roof was 48 feet high. The tent's canvas had been coated with 1,800 pounds of paraffin wax dissolved in 6,000 gallons of gasoline. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> this was a common waterproofing method at the time. Inside the tent, there were three rings and two stages with a 25-foot-wide oval-shaped track separating the performance area and seating, which could either be bleachers or unsecured folding chairs. One could exit the tent by either the main entrance or eight other smaller exits. Sounds safe. Yeah. The circus had been experiencing shortages of personnel and equipment as a result of the war. World War II. <laughs> uh, delays and malfunctions in the ordinarily smooth order of the circus had become commonplace. On August 4th, 19. 1942 a small fire had broken out killing a number of animals oh no 
When the circus arrived in Hartford, Connecticut on July 5th, 1944, the trains were so late that one of the two shows scheduled for that day had been canceled. In circus superstition, missing a show is considered extremely bad luck. And although the July 5th, 1944 evening show ran as planned, many circus employees were on their guard, half expecting an emergency or catastrophe. The big top had been erected over freshly mowed grass and exposed dirt that had been watered down and then covered with hay and wood shavings. My rabbit would love that. Aww. He loves hay. That's so cute. Does he eat it? He does. That's so cute. He's so precious. We should take him to like a pumpkin patch. Oh, he's so sweet. He would have so much fun there. You could put him in like a little baby sling. Oh, he's so cute. Bring our babies with us. Oh, yes. Baby play date. Yes, they're both. They'd both be useless. <laughs> Actually, yours would probably have more fun than mine. Yeah. <laughs> Many of the alternative exits were blocked by circus wagons or other items because they had just gotten there. They had just set up, you know? Yeah. They're just still getting... We're new here. Organized. All right. This section's called, Let's Go to the Circus. All right. So, the next day was a Thursday. The crowd at 2.15 in the afternoon uh, performance was dominated by women and children. The size of the audience that day has never been established with certainty, but the best estimate is about 7,000 people. Wow. After the lions performed, a fire began as a small flame on the southwest sidewall of the tent. While no the, problem. Yeah, just it's a small fire. Small fire. Yeah. While the great Walendas were performing, who were um, tightrope walkers. Oh. Yeah. Or no, trapeze? Is that the same thing? Trapeze is like the swinging okay. thing. They were one of them. I can't remember. They did something. Maybe they did both. Oh. Yeah. Let's just say they did both. Okay. They, they were great. It's in their name. Yeah. Yeah. The great. Okay. They were the great. <laughs> Circus band leader Merle Evans was said to have been the first to spot the flames and immediately directed the band to play The Stars and Stripes Forever which is a musical composition that traditionally signaled distress to all circus personnel, which is so interesting. This is very cool. I think it's, I wonder if it's the same song for every circus. Like, I wonder if it's like, I don't know, like every circus does the same yeah. song. It's really smart because you could like warn people without like terrifying the audience unless mm -hmm. they need to be terrified because there's a fire. But like mm -hmm. if something else goes wrong. You can let them know without causing panic. Mm. I think that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder what would um what what if we if we had what would our distress song be? My humps. My <laughs> <laughs> Fergie. Why? I don't know. Why not? How did that song come to your head so fast? I'm a Fergie fan. <laughs> It's a good one. It's not very distressing, though. That's true. It's a fucking bop. You it just really be like is. dancing, and there's like a fire there's behind it. Fire. <laughs> oh god, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, uh, Ringmaster Fred Brand Bradna 
urged the audience not to panic and to leave in an orderly fashion. But the fire had shorted out the power and he could not be heard. Oh, no. Bradna and the ushers unsuccessfully tried to maintain some order as the panicked crowd tried to flee the big top. The ushers also worked to attempt to douse the fire with water jugs that had been stationed in the big top and to pull down the canvas sections that were already on fire. After realizing their attempts were futile, they began to help evacuate the crowds. Okay. Luckily, the only animals in the big top at the time were the big cats trained by May Kovar and Joseph Walsh that had just finished performing when the fire started. The cats were herded through chutes leading from the performing cages to several cage wagons and were unharmed except for a few minor burns. Though most spectators were able to escape the fire, many people were caught up in the hysteria. Witnesses said some simply ran around in circles. That's so sad. (laughs) Trying to find their loved ones. That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, Rather than trying to escape from the burning tent. Some escaped but ran back inside to look for family members. Others stayed in their seats until it was too late, assuming that the fire would be put out promptly. That reminds me of that meme that's like that dog. Oh, yeah. It's like this is a, fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, <it's> like... <coughs> what is that? Good? Isn't that a name? Isn't there a name for that dog? I don't know. Or that meme? I don't Just know. call it This is Fine. This is Fine. Oh, that's a good name. I like that. <laughs> this is fine. How scary. I don't know what I would do with this situation. Die, probably. I would I would probably be one of those that would be like, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> They'll fix it. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. All right. Because at least two of the exits were blocked by the chutes used to bring in the show's big cats in and out of the tent. People trying to escape could not bypass them. And as we earlier said, some of the other exits had been blocked as well. So, survivor Marine Kriken was 11 at the time of the fire and lived on the same road upon which the circus was held. Her name's Marine. Marine. That's a cool name. Yeah. (laughs) It's old-timey. I like all the old-timey names. Yeah. On the day of the event, she was supposed to go to the circus with a neighbor and her daughter. When she went to their house, she found that they had already left. Very rude. She decided to go to the circus on her own, where she seated herself in the bleachers. And here's a quote from her. I remember somebody yelling and seeing a big ball of fire near the top of the tent. And this ball of fire just got bigger and bigger and bigger. By that time, everybody was panicking. The exit was blocked with the cages that the animals were brought in and out with. And there was a man taking kids and flinging them up over the cage to get them out. I was sitting up in the bleachers and jumped down. I was three quarters of the way up. You jumped down and it was all straw underneath. There was a young man, a kid, and he had a pocket knife. And he slit the tent, took my arm, and pulled me out. That's fast thinking for a kid. Yeah. I would just be on the ground crying. (laughs) Well, I mean, kids back then were like... Capable. Married and had children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At 11? Come on. (laughs) Practically in college. Really? As she was being pulled out, Maureen grabbed another little girl's arm and pulled her out as well. Frida Pushnik 
who performed with the circus as the armless and legless wonder, was rescued by a show performer who rushed on stage, picked up her chair, and carried her to safety. Frida continued to perform with the circus until 1955, which is interesting. Yeah. Others, such as Judith Shapiro, who was about seven years old, was taken higher up into the stands and instructed to jump off the bleachers, like over to over the top and onto like the other side. Mm. But she was afraid, yeah, naturally, of course, because it was pretty high. I can't remember how high I said, like forty-eight feet or something. Yeah. Um. So she refused to jump and instead was pushed. Oh. And she ended up landing on a chair on the other side. She's a professional wrestler today. <laughs> Still afraid of chairs. <laughs> Because <laughs> they do the chair thing, you know, oh, wrestling. Okay. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Because of the paraffin wax waterproofing of the tent, the flames spread rapidly, helped by the wind. Okay. Of course. Yeah. The waterproofing indeed protected the tent from the rain. But, as had been repeatedly shown, it was highly flammable. Many people were badly burned by the melting paraffin, which rained down from the roof. That's scary. The fiery tent collapsed in... Do you want to guess again, even though you know? 45 minutes. <laughs> in eight minutes! Oh my god! According to eyewitness survivors, trapping hundreds of spectators beneath it, which I'm surprised wasn't thousands if yeah. there were 7,000 people. Really? Because eight minutes is not a long Very time. Very fast. Because of a picture that appeared in several newspapers of a sad tramp clown, Emmett Kelly, holding a water bucket, the event became known as the Day the Clowns Cried. Oh. I have this picture at the end of my story, um, and I'll also post it on our Instagram. Okay. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about some of the victims. Hope it works. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. We're back. Hello. It worked. It worked. Now I'm going to tell you the second half of the story, which you actually haven't heard. All right. <laughs> New information. Yay. All right. So we're going to go over some of the victims, the known victims. While many people burned to death, others died as a result of ensuing chaos, which makes sense. Yeah. Sources and investigators differ on how many people were killed and injured. Various people of the organizations say it was 168 persons, which was based on official tallies that included a collection of body parts. Wow. <laughs> I don't like that. And injury estimates running over 700 people. The number of actual injuries is believed to be higher than those figures since many people were seen that day heading home in shock without seeking treatment. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Some died from injuries sustained after leaping from the tops of the bleachers in hopes they could escape under the sides of the tent. Which, 
I mean, if you land on a chair, yeah. it's going to fuck you up. <laughs> Though that method of escaping ended up killing more than it saved. Aww. Others died after being trampled by other spectators, uh, with some asphyxiating underneath the piles of people who fell over each other. Most of the dead were found in piles, some three bodies deep. I would rather burn to death than be suffocated under people. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. Um, so that they were three bodies deep at most of the congested exits. A small number of people were found alive at the bottom of these piles. Oh, wow. Because they were protected by the bodies on top of them when the burning big top ultimately fell down. That's scary. I don't know how you can breathe, though. If yeah. there's, like, fire and people, actual people above you. <laughs> Some notable survivors included Eunice Grork the first female lieutenant governor of Connecticut, the Flying Wallendas, Charles Nelson Riley, who was an actor, comedian, and director, Hal Blaine, a renowned drummer, and Emmett Kelly, the renowned circus clown that we talked about in the picture. Aww. Those who survived carried the trauma for decades. 70 years after the fire, Carol Tillman Parrish who was six at the time, said that, quote, until this day, I can smell the stench of human flesh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. As the blaze consumed its victims. Like, ugh, gosh. I don't it's like that. Horrible. Perhaps the most famous victim of the fire was a little girl without a name, known as Little Miss 1565, a name delivered from the number assigned to her at the city morgue. Debate about her identity remains to this day. So this was actually a big part of the story, and I just shortened it to, like, a few sentences because mm -hmm. it was, like, a huge thing that people were like, it was this girl, it was this girl, it was this girl, mm -hmm. and they still just don't know who she is. Well, when her parents, like, know she was missing. That's a picture of her. Aww. Yeah. You would think. So sad. Well, and because like some people were like claiming that it was there. Yeah, it was like a whole thing that That's I just so didn't get into. Um, some believed her to be a local six-year-old named Sarah Graham, while others theorized she is Eleanor Emily Cook, a young girl from Massachusetts. How sad. So, how did this happen? The gasoline on the. <laughs> In the wax. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. But how did the fire start? Okay. Authorities deemed the fire a terrible accident, most likely caused by a careless tossed cigarette, and never charged anyone with starting it. But this did not exonerate Ringling Brothers officials from some form of culpability. Four men faced charges for acts of negligence. Cited among these acts was a lack of fire preparation on the part of the circus management. An investigation into the blaze revealed that at the time of the performance, the circus's fire extinguishers remained buried and inaccessible in a storage unit. Okay, that's not smart. Nope. While its fire trucks rested more than a quarter mile away. So I guess they had fire trucks with the circus? Why would you have fire trucks and then park them so far away? I don't know. Why would you have fire extinguishers and, and bury them in a box? I don't know. Why would you have a circus? <laughs> a covered in gasoline. Yeah. Gasoline circus. 
That'd be a cool band name. Yeah. Gasoline Circus. <laughs> Sick. I love it. My humps. <laughs> <laughs> Investigators also charged the circus with failing to notify the Hartford Police Department of their arrival and intention to perform. Which I guess is something you had to do. Weird. In the end, the four circus officials pleaded no contest to the charges, which is good for them Mm -hmm. for stepping up, and spent approximately one year in prison before eventually receiving pardons. In addition, the circus agreed to pay nearly $5 million in compensation to the families of the victims, which I don't know if that's, there's no way it's $5 million each. It's probably $5 million total, which really 168 people that died uh-huh. it's not that much yeah especially if you consider if they also paid out the 700 people that got injured yeah not much no an interesting twist to the story came six years later police in ohio arrested robert dale sagi for starting a number of fires in 1950 under intense interrogation, Sagi, a former circus employee who worked at the 1944 performance, so he was there, mm-hmm. he confessed to starting the fire, along with fires in Maine and New Hampshire, and even to committing four murders. Oh my god. Authorities committed Sagi, who claimed the figure of a ghostly Native American riding a flaming horse told him to start the fires. I understand that. To to the state hospital for treatment of paranoid schizophrenia. Years later, he recanted this confession. Okay. As a result of the Hartford Circus Fire in 1944, Connecticut enacted new strict fire safety regulations for public performances. In July of 2005, the site of the fire, now a small field behind the Wish School in Hartford, witnessed the dedication of a memorial to the victims of that day's tragic events. Aww. We should go visit it. That'd be crazy. Road trip. (laughs) Road trip. Just visit all the terrible memorials we've talked about in this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Not terrible. (laughs) Sad. sad all the sad memorials yeah all right my sources are an article on connecticuthistory.org and wikipedia so here are some pictures that i will post on our instagram as well this is a picture of the fire that's scary here's a closer picture of the fire and people fleeing who's taking pictures right here is the remains of the tent with some oops some of the train behind i think that might be a person i don't know yeah and then here's like the picture there is the clown poor clown holding a water bucket and he's crying yeah oh i guess in a blank page all right (laughs) it's my favorite You digging? Yeah, Fuji's getting comfortable. He's digging. So, there's that story. Have you ever been to the circus? I've been, yes. I took my nephew to the circus. It was at the World Arena here. Mm -hmm. And 
I think they still had animals in it because I distinctly remember whenever we were walking in, there was like protesters, mm -hmm. but they like kind of fenced them off. They like gave them their own little section oh. and they were like, you're allowed to protest, but it has to be right here. Yeah. And so there were protesters like all in this like weird little square. Um, and I took my nephew. I think the only animals were elephants. Mm -hmm. And the craziest thing I remember seeing is they had one of those like metal cages, circle cages, uh -huh. and they had the motorcycles that go in there. Uh -huh. So one motorcycle in there is crazy, right? Uh -huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like a sphere. Uh -huh. But they would have like five or six of them in there oh all God. going at this. It was insane. There were no collisions? No collisions. Um, and then I got him. He was really, really little. Maybe like four or five. I got him an like a almost like an icy mm -hmm. but it was in this mug type thing that looked like a lion and i remember i put it in my trunk because i didn't want him drinking it in the back seat of my car uh -huh. and i was like i'll just put it in my trunk and drive super safe and it tipped over in my trunk and i had like syrup all <laughs> over my trunk so that was fun and that's what i that's my circus story oh how about you i've never been um not a fan well, they don't do animals anymore. Yeah. Now I'm too old. Mm. I wasn't a fan in the past. Don't they have, like, holograms? Well, I have no idea. I thought they had, like, elephant holograms. What? I, I don't know. know. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm making it up. I mean, it's been over a decade since I've been. I'll look it up later. Yeah. I think the Cirque du Soleil shows are way more fun. I've never been to those either. Yeah, I think I, I've been to I've been to one in Vegas. That was probably the best show I've ever been to hands down in my whole life. Uh -huh. It was so amazing. Um, But I've been to one here again at the uh, wherever uh, World Arena and it was really fun. I can't remember the theme. I wanted to go to this one that they had this summer because it was bugs and I yeah. love bugs. Yeah. I'm a bug fan. They're just so cool. They're so like, it's like all acrobatics, but also like dancing and like music and just go. the stuff they can do with their bodies is insane. <laughs> it's so impressive. Maybe we'll go next year or the next time they come around. Yeah. Cause it's, it's worth, it's worth going to <laughs> a show. Cirque du Soleil is really fucking cool. Um, but yeah, maybe next time I've, thought they had a circus that came by in the summer too i didn't end up going mm. uh, i think my sister invited me on a night but i was busy that night oh but she invited. i was in the car when that happened yeah. I remember. yeah we were like what were we doing we were having a girls night i can't even remember i mean it maybe we were heading to we were going to the liquor no. store no, no we were going was it when we were picking up your medicine I don't know. It was one of those days. <laughs> we were in the car. This means nothing to the listener. <laughs> we were either going to the liquor store or to the pharmacy. Two very different things. <laughs> well, I was pregnant. so <laughs> I went to that pharmacy so often that whenever I went back after I was not pregnant anymore, the pharmacist congratulated me for... Aww. It's crazy how many people like in my neighborhood... Like, I mean, I walk my dog every single day. Uh -huh. So 
we're outside every day. We go on the same route pretty much every single day. And I didn't realize how many people noticed, uh-huh. I guess, because we were walking that first night we got home. I guess it wasn't the first night. Maybe the second night we got home. Uh-huh. We walked Charlotte and it was pretty late at night. It might have been the first night. It was really late. It was dark. Mm-hmm. And we got put her in the stroller. We were walking. And I was walking really slow because I obviously just had a C-section. And we are walking. And then, like, one of my neighbors down the street was, like, outside smoking a cigarette or something. And they uh-huh. were like, congratulations, you guys. And we are just like. On what? Yeah, we've never <laughs> met them before. And then we, like, so many of my neighbors. We've had two of my neighbors drop off gifts. Um, one of my neighbors dropped off food. Oh yeah, and then we had pretty much so many people were like, "Congratulations, congratulations!" That's nice. Yeah, there's just had no idea how many people paid attention. I guess <laughs> they're watching you out yeah, their windows. I guess, and the and, and to be fair, all those people have kids, mm-hmm. so I don't think because as a person who didn't have kids before, I don't think I would say anything to a stranger uh-huh. with a child. Yeah ever cool kid yeah but like gosh and then even whenever we go to the store and stuff everyone's like oh wow she's brand new congratulations you guys she's beautiful or she looks like a little doll we get that a lot that she looks like a doll she does look like a doll yeah she's so cute she's very cute (laughs) uh anyway all right well that was that thanks for listening to the story twice yeah you're welcome (laughs) uh again future casey don't stress about work too much it'll be okay yeah uh i know i know i'm probably gonna cry but oh it'll be okay you'll survive i'll get through it mom guilt is just like it's powerful yeah (laughs) it's intense (laughs) Uh, all right well till next friday goodbye goodbye